Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week try to answer some more of your questions. What's that Nissan people carry a version of a Primera? People carry a version of a Primera? Yeah, I'm sure it was a Primera. No, an Almera. Not the Almera Tino. Almera Tino. That's exactly Mm. what it was. Again, sounds like um, Italian cabaret act, (laughs) doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, my God. The tightness of the white trousers sported by Almera Tino. Oh, Almera Tino. Absolute player of women of a certain age. He just he just he pulls he just drags them in like a like a boat with a dragnet. <laughs> I think Almiratino though is all one word. That's his first name. His full name is like uh, <laughs> Almiratino Bumpenzella, and you, you go, oh right, okay. But uh, for the stage, I just got Almiratino. Almiratino. He's a he's a good. He's very practical. Very capacious. He's got yeah. Despite having very tight trousers, has lots of pockets in his waistcoat. <laughs> Cubbies. Unexpected <laughs> compartment. Yeah, I love that. I love it. For stuff. Uh, Do you know anyway. something? I I've had a real. I love learning about vehicles that I didn't know about, and today. Mm-hmm. I've learned about a vehicle that just has me giggling. It constantly has me giggling. A pro, uh, according to, and I, I'm going to name check them on, uh, f- from Instagram, Silodrome. Silodrome. Oh, yes, I've seen that. Yeah, Silodrome today. Good, they, they're good. They're, they're, they're a really cool um, like car culture type magazine. Mm. They did a post. Of the 1990 Mazda suitcase car concept. What? Have you ever heard of the, the suitcase <laughs> car? Oh, my gosh. Because I just thought it was a joke. I thought this is this is definitely not real. I'm going to look this up while you're talking. It on, is. You've, you've, it is brilliant. Uh, so I just immediately went, oh, come on. This can't be real. I just don't believe it's real. Well, it's real. In 1990, this is when Mazda were at peak cr- creativity. Yeah, they made yeah. the amazing suitcase car um, for an event in 1991 called the Fantasy Yard. Which Holy is, shit! Yeah, where a group of employees could come up with the most creative, innovative ways of producing a moving machine. In inverted commas, I'm doing, I'm doing uh, finger thingies as I'm saying it. And basically, they bought a really large. <laughs> they bought the largest Samsonite suitcase that you could buy. And then dismantled it and then built inside it what looks like a mashup of a mini moto and a cart, like a cart back axle. So you sat it, you sat in, yeah, you sat in an open suitcase and then it had wheels and 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 a small seat and bars and you could ride it a suitcase to work or I don't know, out of it. It's brilliant. Bloody, I wish I'd seen this like three or four years ago because um, 
for the second series of the Grand Tour, we were asked by Amazon if we could get celebrities on, you know, uh, as guests, which we hadn't done in the first series. Yeah. And our executive producer, Andy Willman, said, I think rather than have a car that they have to lap around a track, which is going to be difficult. At that point, we're still planning to be in a different location every week. We should just mark out a little course. It's always the same in a car park or whatever next to the tent, wherever we are in the world. And we need a little machine to go around it. And what oh. if it was a suitcase that you could drive and then we can claim, you know, we've had to pack it in the hole to get it here to whichever part of the world we're we're going to be in. The whole thing got dropped when we um, we decided just to stick the tent in a field in Oxfordshire and bugger all the travelling around the world. But um, <laughs> I I went so far as to speak to some engineers about how this would be possible, and I, I even spoke to um, the um, the guy at Aerial, Simon Saunders. You oh know, yeah, who, who's the man, Mister Aerial? He is. I said, look, you know, is there a way that you could like make an atom really small so it would sort of fold into a suitcase? And he went, basically, mm, no. no, because <laughs> there's not a lot of spare space on an atom as it is. You, you could saw the nose off so that your feet were the forwardmost extremity, Ooh. and you could probably trim a bit off the back. But fundamentally, <laughs> because of the way that you sit in an atom, which is essentially, you know quite legs out yeah feet about level with your bum you cannot squish it much and so it was it was on a bit of a hiding to nothing he promised he would sort of do some more maths if we were serious and then um we'd have to spend a year of r&d doing it probably i know exactly yeah we were going to pay him for it obviously but it never came to that but i wish i'd seen this bloody suitcase i wish you'd i wish you'd like phoned me because I could have actually answered the question without knowing about the Mazda suitcase car, which is my new favourite thing. Especially when I look up the history and it says um, that it was 33.6cc, 1.7 horsepower, two-stroke suitcase with four (laughs) six-inch tyres. And this is the best bit. The rear wheels could be slotted into the outside of the case while the front wheel would pop through a removable hatch in the front of the case. (laughs) It took one minute to assemble, a top speed of 30 kilometres an hour. And while the original prototype was was accidentally destroyed just a few months after the Fantasy Yard event. (laughs) What do you mean, accidentally destroyed? Accidentally destroyed. (laughs) What well, I reckon, one of the employees of Mazda just got right on it on the sake and just battered it into like a, a ditch or a, a, a pond, into a pond, and it sunk. And they were like, oh, shit, it's gone. Nothing's accidentally destroyed. I mean, it's, I, the pairing of accidentally destroyed is a funny word. <laughs> it's like, where's, where's the wedding cake? I'm afraid it was accidentally, accidentally destroyed. destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it was accidentally destroyed a couple of months after the event. But one suitcase car still remains in existence and it works as it did. 24 odd years ago heavens above so mazda still or if you're american mazda they still they still have an amazing suitcase car and this this is great because i can add this to my mental um uh, archive of knowing about my my favorite motorbike in existence which is called the the valmobile v-a-l like a woman's name the Mm -hmm. valmobile you need to look that up it's a wonderful motorcycle which folds out of a metal suitcase and it was specifically designed oh. to go on trains and on light aircraft in the 50s. It's very old, very, very Jeez. old. 
Yeah, you know I've got an obsession with motorcycles that can fit in the boot of cars and things. <laughs> but this was like this is like the, the godfather of the Moto Compo from Honda. Oh, I and it's see. called the Valmobile, and it's bastard rare. Away scooter. Oh, and it's just great. It's they great. Have one, uh, and I want one. I see they they have Valmobile in the um, uh, Lane Motor Museum in the US. Have you seen which, it? Uh, no, I haven't. I've never been to the Lane Motor Museum. It's just that um, I know it's a it's a, it's a, a place that has a lot of quirky shit. Okay, it's a place I need to go as soon as I'm allowed to travel. By the sounds yeah. of it, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, be- in, um, it's in it's uh, in uh, Nashville. Oh my gosh! Well, Tennessee is on my list of places to go to as soon as I'm allowed because I've got people to see there and things to do. There. Yeah, well, because we're funny. Well, talking, I've never been. As, uh, as I was saying about the Grand Tour, well, that's one of the places we went in the first series of the Grand Tour. We went to we went to Nashville to do a show there, and it was some of the most the most fun I've ever had on a filming trip. It was brilliant for lots of reasons. Yeah, really good fun. Just a great a great town. We had a lovely time there. Brilliant, well, I, brilliant time. I want to go there. Can we go there? I'll borrow a Valmobile, and then you can borrow Mazda's suitcase car, <laughs> and we can have one of the slowest, most potentially dangerous, very small road trips. Should we do it? It's a very big place. It'll take us forever to get. Well, let's just circumnavigate anywhere. Nashville over the course of a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, there's that main strip. I can't remember what it's called, where all the bars are, where they've all got bands on and stuff. That that's not that long. You oh keep just going gosh. up and down there. On I'd a, love that. On a Valmobile. <laughs> on a Valmobile and a, an amazing suitcase car. I love that. You have to use the term amazing. So if someone goes, "What's this?" You go, "Oh, this. It's an amazing suitcase car." Is it? Okay. Got distracted by the Lane Motor Museum website now, which I just go and have a look at that if you're bored. I love museums. Well, it depends what they've got, doesn't it? Well, sometimes they're boring, but these days they can't be because they don't stay in business, and they're mm. not really a business. <laughs> they're a charity, but you know, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, no, hard. I know what you mean because some of them, are, you know, they go to town and they go, "Oh, look, we've got interactive displays, and all the curation has been made, you know, much more whizzy and popular and easy to read and everything." But if you are like you know, that pencil museum in Cumbria. I don't really know how you sex up pencils, except to you just don't. sort of... You, 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 bloody, don't. you bloody don't, Rich. There's one. There's a creepy one up my way around here called a, a doll museum. I've never even... I've seen the signs for it. I've never dared go near it. Imagine... you imagine sleeping the night in a doll museum? I mean, seriously. It's... Yeah. Can oh. I tell you about we, the two grotesque teddy bears we found in the loft of my parents' old house? <laughs> Um, I mean, we knew they were there in as much as they were sort of like they'd belong to. I love that ancient relatives. Grotesque. They were, early, they were grotesque, right? You know, before they figured out how to make uh, teddy bears. Sort of oh yeah, cuddly. you did tell me. Were they? Yeah, you did tell me. But they aren't were they like hard carcass, mangy? One of them had got an eye missing. They were. I mean, grotesque is the word. They were horrible pair of uncuddly, mangy. Bits missing bears, totally other. They're like salvage yard bears. They were like they, yeah, exactly. They were cat s bears. And when we moved out of that house, and my dad was moving into somewhere much smaller, we needed to get rid of a load of stuff. And so um, we got a guy in who was an expert in old shit. And I was thinking, oh, you know, there's a bureau in the corner there. About that's worth a few quid. No, twenty pounds. 
Oh. And it's oh, is it like my grandmother's old tea set? Like maybe that's worth something now, ten pounds. Oh, it's like oh, well there you go. It's it's a cash in the attic thing where you go. Oh, have you got any cash in your attic? No. So <laughs> but we fucking did because two and I'm going to say it again, grotesquely horrible Victorian <laughs> teddy bears together were worth eight hundred pounds. Eight hundred pounds. Yeah, were because people eaten. are really into like. Victorian toys, apparently, and that's probably why the, you know the doll museum exists. But Victorian stuff, horrors. Yeah, because well, Victorian stuff's um, just it's not warm and friendly, is it? It's, it's just it's yeah, it's well, it's it's sort of it is it's Victorian, isn't it? It's very starchy and um, yeah. They didn't. I mean, they didn't have sort of talking dolls in those days, did they? Oh god, because the technology. But imagine a talking Victorian doll. You'd pull a string out, and it would just go. I have a lot of respect for you. Yeah. Shall we be acquaintances? Would you like to shake my hand? No, I bloody wouldn't. <laughs> no, I'm not going to the doll. I'm not, I'm not going to the. I'm not going to a doll museum. I'm digging car museums, and I like general transport. There's a great tram museum in uh, the Peak District. That's cool. But no, I'm yeah. not doing dolls. Absolutely. Ooh, have you no ever way. been to the De Havilland <clears throat> Museum, which is just outside London? It's uh, it, it's no, uh, it's fantastically old school museum, where it's basically just a load of old things have been thrown into a series of sheds and outdoors. It's great. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It's Can we go? Big. Can we go one? Yeah, day? I'll take you there. It's not far from me, actually. It's How far there. is it on a Valmobile and, a, and an oh, amazing okay. suitcase car? Couple of weeks, but in a car, it would take you about three minutes. Oh man, oh dear. Uh, I, I um, I, I did that thing that I often do, and I think I've mentioned it on a previous podcast. I was coming back from um, coming back from a, a shoot quite late. Had the heated seats on. Uh, it was a miserable night. Put mm. a bit of put a bit of um, magic radio on. Chill, chill, no, no, smooth, smooth radio. I smooth. think it was smooth, yeah. And they played um, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, mm. which I like. It's yeah. it, it hasn't aged that song. You'd never know that no. was eighties, seventies, sixties, nineties, whatever. You just wouldn't know. I tell However, you what, though, that's one of those songs in the subset of songs that make you wait for the good bit. Yes, because it's got a wonderful chorus melody, but she makes you wait for it. You she, think she it's does. coming. And she sort of double verses, or maybe even triple verses, and you're like, "Come on, Tracy, just do the good bit." Do she's good she's bit. she's good, and and it's very it's lo- it's a very loaded song, emotionally Isn't loaded. It? Yeah, oh um, God, yeah. So I do like it. On the other hand, last week when I was listening to this driving back from this job in the driving rain with my heated seat, and I was thinking, "Yeah, but Tracy, what what fast car has he got?" Like, you know, okay, look, beggars, listen, beggars can't be choosers. You need to get out of town. You know, you're in a desperate situation. You'll take anything, Mariva VXR, whatever. But listen, what's he? What's he? Stay in the town and face the consequences. (laughs) What's he actually? What has he got? What do we think the fast Um, car is? I'd love to know. um, I mean, obviously, it's set in America, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was was 80s. Yes, wasn't it mid eighty song? Like, actual answer, because I've always in my head um, had a had an image in my head of what that car was. Um, I always thought it was like a a, a late sixties muscle car. Yeah, so but peak, for some peak reason, muscle car a convertible era. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a bit oh, shabby because it's the eighties. 
So like uh, like um, a, a Buick Skylark with a big block in it or something, or a um, a Challenger or a yes, a Challenger. I think that's what I'm picturing. A Challenger convertible. Yeah. Which obviously now would be extremely valuable, but yeah, it'd be like two hundred grand if it was a big block. But when it was a... just absolutely grotty and and it's, yeah. it's only sort of well, it would have been mid eighties, so like you know, sort of it'd it's, have been it's, rust belt rust belt spec, so it would have been mm. a bit frilly around the bottoms of the doors. Um, front wing a bit crinkled, you know, um, leaky, bit leaky. Oh, very leaky. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's probably yeah that, and maybe um, probably gets driven similar to the way Nick Nolte drives that Cadillac in Forty Eight Hours, which is what we talked about <laughs> a few months back. <laughs> Did you ever watch it after I asked you to watch it? No, because I can't bear it. Oh you, my you god! You warned me that he keeps putting it into park when it's still moving. Oh, it's like, it's he it puts it me. He puts it into park when it's probably still doing fifteen miles an hour. Oh, um, hey, you know, you what? were saying the other week about um, a delivery van uh, kind of shut down on the move, like like a pilot shutting the engines off on a plane and just gliding it. Oh, gliding, putting the handbrake on three clicks and just letting it kind of coast in. I saw an epic one two days ago, <laughs> a bloke, Amazon bloke in a, in a, in a Vivaro. And of course yeah, I swear to God, he was still doing 20 miles an hour when the engine shut off. And probably he was, it was definitely still moving as, as it felt like oh, he the was door in the was back. opening and he was getting out. <laughs> if, if it had no, if it had no, if it hadn't, if it had no bolt, but, uh, bulkhead he'd he'd knocked it into neutral killed the engine and put the handbrake on three clicks already run into the back to sift through the parcels the thing's <laughs> just the thing's the just back. on a set crash course he's, he's obviously just looked at the road and gone i reckon it'll go down there it'll go between those two cars it'll be fine yeah it's like proper like you know like russian roulette cruise control <laughs> isn't it <laughs> I love it. I love um, those guys. They know those guys and women who drive delivery vans all day, every day, like hard. They know their vehicle. They know it. Well, they know it, but they don't have any particular respect for it, do they? Oh, they don't care old, about it. Even by the standards of, of people who have to drive a van for work or a, or any kind of car that's just a work tool, they are really treating it like a, a tool. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a device that gets you around. Oh, my God, do you know what happened to me this morning as well? Sorry, just, this just reminded me. Um, I, I got an Uber across town. And, um, of course you, you know, did. U- Uber roulette is always interesting. And usually it's a Prius, but, but no, up this morning... Um, Mercedes E Class. I was like, oh, okay, mm. that's nice. New shape as well, you know, current shape. So wow, that's good, that's, nice. that's a serious Uber. Yeah, comfy in the back, nice ride, lovely. Uh, but the <laughs> the guy, because those E Classes, you know, they've got the the gear selector on the automatic gearbox. Is a, is a column stalk. So you, that's you, right. It's on the it's on the door side in a in a, in a right and drive car. So you can't see what he's doing. But we stopped across a side turning. And someone wanted to came along and wanted to turn into it while we were stuck in traffic. And the bloke, the driver of my Uber, clearly realised he had a bit of space behind him. So he stuck it in reverse, crept backwards, made enough space for someone to turn through. All very good, good, considerate driving. And generally his driving was really good. But then <laughs> we sat in traffic for a bit longer and then the lights up ahead changed and the person in front did it a bit and then set off. And obviously at that point, you know, Uber drivers particularly, they're like, they just want to get the job done. So... He mashed it quite <laughs> aggressively, but he'd forgotten that he was still in reverse. 
And so, <laughs> and so we surged backwards. And thank fuck, we just stopped short of the car behind us. <laughs> and the bloke was obviously really embarrassed, but rather sort of go, oh, sorry about that, or anything like that. He just went, <clears throat> put it into drive, and then just carried on. I was like, was that... Was that an apology cop? Was he or cle- you clearing your throat? It was really weird, but yeah, we were fucking close to smashing into the car behind. In a, in a brand new I quite enjoyed it, class. if I'm honest. I, I was trying to remember the last time I saw someone in a gear selection mishap, and uh, <laughs> and it's been a while. That's that. Uh, there's your John Peel band right there. This <laughs> <laughs> week's John Peel band is, of course, yeah, uh, live in session later on. It's gear selection mishap. Um, <laughs> I once saw a bloke. I was I did some filming uh, with a guy who was a designer from Land Rover years ago, um, and he turned up in this one-off Freelander with flip paintwork on it, which wasn't offered in oh. showrooms, but it was something they were experimenting with. And uh, the director went, "Oh, we'd love to have that in the background while we're talking to you." And so this guy was manoeuvring about, and then he backed up, and then he wanted to go forward down a slope. So he backed up and then he just started coasting down the slope. And I was standing at the top of the slope. And as he went past me, I saw the reversing lights were still on. And I thought, oh, he's now coasting forward, but the car is still in reverse. He's got the clutch in. Oh, no. And I sort of started jogging alongside trying to tell him. And it was too late. As the car got towards the bottom of the ramp, he obviously thought, oh, well, I'll need a bit more speed now. And he let the clutch out. And there was the most almighty noise. Oh, my goodness. It was grinding. There was grinding. <laughs> I love that, talking that, to you because I never know what we're going to get. It's like I, I, a, it's a lucky deal. Selection mishaps that I have at the moment. Um, I, 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 I embarked on this avenue without really thinking it when through. When was the last time anyway, you bump started a car? Oh my god! Uh, honestly, can't remember. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's when great. was the last time you bump started a car? I used to do it quite regularly when I had my Honda Insight of all cars. What? Well, because you know my Honda Insight had had an astronomic mileage on it. Mm. Well, sometimes it used to throw up the uh, IMA um, warning light, the integrated motor assist, which is the hybrid thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it it wouldn't go away without me taking it to a dealer. But one day... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. I realized I could fool it. And what I used to do, and I don't recommend this to people at home, is I'd go to a very quiet lane near where I live that's dead straight. And I'd have to drive along. So I had to start the car on the starter motor because it wouldn't use the, the, the normal kind of um, alternative quiet start method that it uses. Mm. So I started it on the, with the conventional starter motor, drove it along, 
then immediately went onto the straight road, knocked it into neutral, turned the ignition off, so killed the engine, turned the um, ignition back on, and then bump started in second or third. And then it started the engine, of course, and it reset its entire brain, and it used to totally forget that it had thrown any warning signs up. I used to do it. I used to do it. Yeah, I used to do it every couple of months. Ah. Yeah, every couple of months. Because, of course, it wasn't a plug-in hybrid. So if the battery got really low, it was starting to oh, get yeah. unhappy, which is why a lot of people convert them to plug-in hybrid. It's the easiest, oh. quickest conversion. It's about 250 quid. But Is it? Yeah, oh. there's an aftermarket. There's a guy that does it in the London area who specialises in it, and it really saves the battery on those. And it makes it a more efficient car, too. But um, mm, interesting. Of course, that was the um, early days of hybrid Shan for the Nierschan. Now, um, I was going to uh, I was going to look on Twitter because I asked if anyone had anything they wanted to cover in this you show. Did. I've opened up <clears> Twitter <throat> and they f- is it Pandora's <laughs> box? Well, it's a bit. <laughs> and someone here, Neil McMillan. Hello, Neil. Uh, he's just. I bought an Astra estate from a musician who sold Terry Nutkins a Subaru Impreza for his son earlier the same day. The Impreza belonged to the musician's flatmate. True story. <laughs> hang on, just gonna have to rewind that. Hang on, so, I know. Hang on, so there's a lot to drink in there. Oh um, my goodness! So, so he bought an Astra estate. Yes. Picture that. Yes. Neil McMillan has bought an Astra estate. He's bought it from a musician. Yes. Neil has bought an Astra estate for a musician. What else has the musician been doing that day? He's been selling Terry Nutkins, the yes. otter-baiting, weirdly Harry Metcalf on acid mullet-type hairstyle man. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's dead, but yeah. Yeah, he's dead. So <laughs> the musician who sold Neil the Astra estate earlier that day sold Terry Nutkins a Subaru Impreza, but the Impreza was for Terry Nutkins' son. And... <laughs> And the Impreza, in fact, belonged to the musician's flatmate. I mean, it's, I love it, these stories. It's a multi-layered that is, story. That is so. That is <laughs> got so. It one sweet. That's a proper rabbit warren. So really and, is, and, and actually, yeah. I'd love to know how it came up in conversation, though. He's gone anyway. Yeah, the Astra looks good. I'll give you. I'll give you the, the, the money for it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah. I'll just. Uh, I'll just tear off the bit on the V5. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You. Um. You been busy today? I have actually, yeah. I sold uh, sold Terry Nutkins a Subaru Impreza. It was um, <laughs> it was for his son. Oh, was it? Okay, so you got an Impreza as well. No, it belongs to my flatmate. Oh, okay, good. Right, Nutkins, I'll, Nut- I'll remember that. Nutkins was totally a Land Rover County guy, pre Defender. He was totally yeah, a county guy. But how he had a lot of fingers mutilated or missing, didn't he? On account of him always ragging up otters. So we got think- got savaged by an otter. Or maybe several. I think he yeah. might have struggled with heavy steering. Oh, so he went for a super light power steering model. He might have, yeah. He sort of he had defenders, and then unfortunately, he had to buy had uh, to chop them in when his fingers got chopped off. Yeah, series three Jag XJ or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really could... light steering. Or people who are outside of the UK and or people that are under thirty years old are going to go. Who on earth who is, Terry fuck is Terry Nutkins? Terry Nutkins, Terry Nutkins was the up. sort of we did like Fred Dibner, and people found out who he was. Yeah, so. he was like the sort of East London younger version of David Attenborough. East London was he? Yeah, he was from East London, but then he moved. He moved his whole family up to the Scottish Highlands when he became a That's... proper naturalist. 
Was it naturalist or naturist? I always get them wrong. Oh, I always get those mixed up. Um, naturalist, I think. Naturalist. Is naturist is where you want to take your clothes off, isn't it? Yeah, well, you're right. Terry Nutkins right. was born in Marylebone, London. And spent I don't... most of his childhood there. He skipped school to spend time with the elephants at London Zoo. Look at that. You're I don't talk I don't, I don't talk bollocks. I know what I'm Sorry, I, I wasn't I mean I wasn't questioning you as such. It's just that it seems <clears> it, it's somehow implausible. But um yeah. Yeah, and then he Scotland. he moved up to Scot Scottishland. Um Guess guess how many children Terry Nutkins had? Well, I know he had quite successful sperm. I think the... Uh, was it five? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Well, he's driving... What, hang on, he's driving around... Each of them in, He's Each driving around in a, um, a, a, a Ford Transit Torneo mm -hmm. back, back in the 80s because there weren't really many people carriers in the 80s, were there? You had um, the, the Do you know what I remembered the other day? The Espace, but they were very expensive. No, they do, you were. Remember the, do you remember the Toyota Space Cruiser? Oh, the Space Cruiser. Yeah, a neighbour of mine used to have one of those. And it had optional electric curtains from memory, which I loved. Oh, did it? I think a it, UK car, or was it JDM? It probably was JDM, because let's face it, who in England is going to pay extra for some very creepy-looking crematorium curtains? Crematorium They do look like creepy crematorium. I'm going to shut these curtains, and then people are going to die. Uh, yeah, it's just a bit Ted Bundy. My old geography teacher um, had a space cruiser as well, Mr. Whedon, which well, there's one person I know will be listening to this podcast who will remember Mr. Whedon as well. So um, hello, Haz. Um, it, but uh, yeah, he had one. And then Witch Magazine almost toppled one over, I remember, in the 80s while testing it. It was like a sort of prototype. Elk, elk test. And then sort of went into a big campaign about they were dangerous and they should be recalled or something. But the space um, was the space cruiser. It was eighties, wasn't it? Was it really yeah. quite? It's probably quite fashionable now with its squared off. Yeah, and I think a lot of them are two tone as well, so they look very sort of, you know. Were like I'm I'm I think the musician Jarvis Cocker from Pulp used to have one. Really, I'm almost. Did he at one point have like a big American station wagon as well? Or in Paris or something. Well, that sounds very inappropriate. Um, I know. Yeah, he. I think Jarvis Cocker um, sold. No, sold. He crushed a hill. I remember reading it. He crushed a Hillman imp. He had a Hillman imp for years, and then he mm. crushed it into a cube and and <laughs> raffled it off to a fan, <laughs> and then and then bought bought a, um, a Toyota or was it Mitsubishi Space Cruiser or a Toyota? I can't remember. Toyota. Toyota. I'm sure Jarvis Cocker did. I mean, I'm sound like I'm making it up, but um, I'm pretty sure he had. Um, I'm typing as I say this, just to confirm that I'm not talking absolute bobbins. I've just sort of randomly scrolled down Twitter and seen where it stops on the things that people wanted to cover. People are asking questions oh, yeah. for which we thank you and we admire also your optimism that we will answer your questions after the last time we asked you for questions and then didn't do any of them. But there's one here that's quite good. Um, press car mix-up. Ever had the wrong car delivered for a review or been double booked and had nowhere to keep one of the cars? That's from um, Triathlete. Spelt T R Y. Uh, Kenny Harris is his actual user handle, um, and it's just <clears> reminded me because once on a drizzly Friday late afternoon, a brummy man turned up on my doorstep and went, "No, oh, mate, here for the car." And I went, "What car?" He went, "DMG ZT ZT Estate. Come to get it." And I said, "No, I'm expecting one to be delivered." 
Oh no. So <laughs> you haven't you haven't brought a car then? No, I've come down on the train. Oh well, no. Well, well you, there is no car here for you to take away because I believe you're delivering it at the <laughs> factory. And, he, and of course, it's Friday afternoon. Oh no. And this obviously is when MG Rover still existed. And uh, and it's Friday afternoon at Longbridge and everyone's gone home and he manages to finally find someone who goes, "Yeah, there is a blue MGZT sitting outside the press garage." <laughs> oh, so the shoot. poor bloke. Did he have the to go and get bloke. it? Yeah, he got the train back to Birmingham. He went and got it. Oh no. He brought it back. And then he 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 came back and he went and he was a bit grumpy by this point, which is fair enough. What do you mean uh, a bit I, grumpy? It's what like four hour round trip. Yeah, I can't remember why I'd sort of had to say, look, I really kind of need the car, but but then I realised that then he and he went right back on the train, then and off he went to the Euston station to get the train back to the Midlands. And it was only then I realised that night I was driving up north and I could have given him a lift, and I felt like a bit of a shit. But no, it was too late. Um, and yeah. But that's I, I, that's the that's the first thing that popped into my head. Press car mix up when a man arrived to deliver a car, but he'd forgotten to bring the car. <laughs> what was remind me of the question? I don't know if I've got an answer to it. Um, have you ever had the wrong car delivered for a review, or been double booked and had nowhere to keep one of the cars? Or been oh, I've been double booked and nowhere to keep. Yes, I've been double booked before. I had there was a time when I had multiple cars coming. I had about three cars delivered within. 24 hours <laughs> and but you've got at least you've got a drive haven't you so you can sort of stash things a bit I've got the drive here is quite big the previous house the drive wasn't very big I had to do quite a lot of kind of um, <clears throat> logistics um, yeah I'm trying to think what it was I remember being given a car and they they never collected it um, so I, it was supposed to just be a week's loan, and it and it went on for about another week. And I, then I kind of went, look, um, where when do you when do you want want it back? And they were like, oh, oh, our records hadn't even told us that we still had it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and I remember when um, when the just before the Bentley Flying Spur came out. Yeah, it was the Spur. Um, they gave me. Uh, I said, "Can I drive the the outgoing car to remind myself because it's been a while since I drove it?" And that was the the, the original spur was it looked like a sort of phaeton, didn't it? It was a bit phaeton looking. Yeah. Um, and they gate they said, "Oh well, we haven't really got one. Oh, we've sort of got rid of them all." I went, "Oh, that's a shame." And then they went, "Oh, hang on, we've still got a, like a pre-production like mule. Do you want us to just <laughs> drop that off?" So it was brilliant, but they Bentley dropped off this car, and it was it was really like it looked like a, a it had done a hundred thousand rep miles, and no one had ever cared about the interior of it. So you know, it obviously had pre-prodded dashboard bits, and it had, had you know holes where they'd put diagnostic equipment in it. It felt like a kind of ex-police bought at an auction <laughs> Bentley flying spur. I tell you what, though, it drove really well, but I did feel a bit sort of like boy. Boy done good, you know, a bit gangster driving around in this a slightly grubby, war-torn Bentley. Yeah, I don't know of any others. No. Um, ne- next one. I just, I just scroll. Well, I just scroll down, and uh, who should I see um, uh, pop up here where, where I stopped? But you, um, admitting that you were gifted a car, but you can't reveal what it is yet. Are you going <coughs> to reveal? You're going to reveal on your channel, presumably. I'm going to reveal on my channel. Yeah, I have been gifted. And this is the a one car. you sent me a photo of in the week. 
There is that one. Something different. Uh, this was oh, actually this some, something. This is something different, actually. What? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I know. I know. Oh. It's 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 one of the very few good news stories of 2020. <laughs> okay, but you're, um, you're gonna. You're I'm gonna, gonna keep um, it. It's it's exotic. Um, it's rear-engined. What? Yeah. You heard me, Rich. <sighs> Yeah, oh, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. I think you might have mentioned that this was in the offing. I think I know what it is. Well, well I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil your thing. Yeah. I'll move on to another thing. I've just move just on to another down. thing. I mean, um, it's a um, shame that it's not a 911 GT3, but you know, it's always a shame it's not a 911 GT3. <laughs> um, uh, Gareth Saynor has asked best slash worst gifts from car manufacturers at a launch. Um, I think we both missed the heyday of big Blagola. What, like I huge laptops like and stuff and yeah, full so ski suits? Yeah, people used to go to, I don't know, go to, like, go, go to South Korea with, with Daewoo and they'd be given a laptop in the 90s when laptops were, well, they were, I mean, they but were two grand. as big as a Daewoo, but they were also two grand, yeah, <laughs> and a bit of a novelty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I never, I don't know, I've never been on that many launches, really, and I've always just sort of, got you know this one where they'll give away a little model of the car which is nice you know and it sort of also doesn't feel too sort of like who this is grubby but my favorite i got given a tablet um, did you what, yeah i'm, I'm actually that. looking at it it's still in the box it's a motorola did, did you yeah it's a motorola zoom by who uh honda when the the first of the civics that wasn't the spaceship was launched Oh, really? I know that yeah. I'm sure it's got a number and a letter moniker, but I don't know oh, what it is. Definitely. It's the first, is, it's the one it. that came after the one that hasn't dated at all because it still looks completely futuristic. Yeah, the one um, that sort of tried to do the same but just wasn't quite as good. Yes, that car. Yeah. So it was probably a good decade ago now, maybe, I don't know. Mm. Um, I once went to Germany to drive the Mark... Five Golf, yeah, Mark Five, one of my favourites. Yeah, it was nice. Quite surprised because after the Mark Four, which was a bit flabby, mm. Mark Five was was pretty good. And we went to Germany to drive it with with um, uh, Andy Morgan, the photographer from Evo, and we went and we did a story for Evo over there, just a first drive. And um, it was a major thing. You know, we went to Wolfsburg, and they'd taken over this huge area of Wolfsburg to do this whole sort of international launch event. Uh, but no, no, no Blagola, and that's fine. It was like we there to drive the car, drove the car, went home. We flew back to Heathrow, and our cars were all parked uh, in a hotel car park nearby. When we went back, everybody's car on the front passenger seat, they'd left a little paper bag, and it had a model of the Golf in it. Nice. Nice. And then it, and then it had a bottle of water and a bag of crisps. And it felt like you'd been to a children's party a little bit. <laughs> it was quite sweet, but I'd never seen that before. I was like, oh. I quite like that. I quite, yeah. yeah, it was nice. But it's like you've spent probably a billion euros launching this car, building like a, you know, sort of semi-permanent marquees and things like that all around your factory to show off bits of the gearbox. But that means you've no money left for the Blagola, so bag of crisps in a paper bag is, is what it is. But that was, it was quite nice. I'd like that because, again, it just stops you feeling grubby. Um <laughs> If, if they went, oh, and by the way, uh, when you get back to your car, you will find a uh, state-of-the-art laptop and a prostitute in it. And you go, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, mm, but but if you if you just go, oh, look, there's a bag of walkers. And if you're feeling really guilty, then you could just give them to um, a your children or something. Or a yeah, tramp. Oh, yeah, the, yes. yeah, tramp. <laughs> and tramp, yeah, yeah. Um, 
a flick down again. Mark Jackson asks, uh, good car dash shit engine, shit car dash good engine. Discuss. Good car, it's, shit it's engine, shit one. car, good engine. <clears throat> I'll tell you one that comes a bit close. Good car, shit engine was my first car, Ford Ka. Because yes. lovely, lovely chassis. Lots to like about the cap. But, That's a very um, modern but, first car. I keep, uh, really modern. I know. I. I mean, yes. amazingly modern. Well, it was. Only, yeah, it was. Because I, I, I kind of saved up and I didn't. And I didn't need a car until suddenly I did need a car, and then I got a bit of money put by and I bought. A, it was second hand, but you know. But I know it's a bit weird, isn't it? I never, I never had a, an absolute shitter. Well, you but have. I did later. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say you worked. You did the opposite to everyone else. You worked up to a shitter, whereas everyone else worked <laughs> up to something more modern and reliable. But yeah, the engines that were a bit tappity. They were. Uh, yeah, I'm trying but, to think of a car with a lovely engine that was not a very good car. Oh, I've thought of another one. The mm. that Cadillac. Yes, oh, the, TS the North Star, the North, the North Star V8, the nice thirty-two engine. valve. Yeah, really good yeah. engine for hot rods and stuff. Pretty piss poor car. Yes, oh, it was a piss poor car. The old shape Nissan Micra, which was a bit disappointing generally. And yeah, then, and then um, I drove. They introduced it later. I drove the one with had a, so, uh, the engine had a little supercharger on it. Very little supercharger. Oh yeah, I rem- I do remember really reading about that. It was a good luggy engine, and it it really you know it sort of because those micros are quite light, I suppose. And it just, yeah, it just clipped along. And it was just a nice engine, just flexible, and and it sounded okay, and all this sort of stuff. And you just went, oh, it's actually a surprisingly good engine in still quite a dismal car. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Well, a friend of mine bought for about a thousand quid two years ago. Um, a, a what was the sort of the the very dull Corolla body shape, but with a hot engine. Uh, what oh, not it? the tea, yes. tea bag or something. T-Sport, T-Sport, the tea bag. <laughs> yeah, and that, the engine in that is gorgeous and um, Ooh, well, resilient. Yeah, but it's because it, it's got a, a, a VTEC-style um, cam switch over thing. It does. But it happens about 100 revs before the red line. Yes. And it's it's quite nice in did you ever try it in the Celica? Remember that last Celica? Yes. That nice lightweight Celica, which was a really lovely car actually. They 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 were sort of, never they, got the credit. They, they don't deserved, have a pedigree, do they, those Celicas? No, they're great. They're really lovely. I always yeah. remember I liked those. Both the both the engine output. I I, but, I remember that Celica because it was a bloke we, we featured one in on Revs magazine when I was on Revs and it was the cover car. And mm. and the and the guy put eighteen inch wheels on it and spent eighteen grand modifying it, so it was all oh about the God. yeah. So we did a what mm. we did a one one eight one one eight themed shoot where at the time <laughs> remember those blokes dressed in bad seventies running shorts and slack vests, and I was dressed up as one of the one one eight guys or one eight one eight as we would call ourselves. And I I only remember this now because I broke my foot on the shoot. And had to drive. I had to had to drive home with a broken foot, and it was, and, it was, and I was in so much pain when I got home. I couldn't climb the stairs to go to bed, so I had to sleep on the floor in my own lounge. Yeah. 
It's amazing what you remember. Oh just because of a Salika. Yeah. How did you break your foot on the well, Salika? Well, we were jogging along next to the Salika and the photographer was getting us to do the sort of high leg jog. And we were just oh. we were just dicking about. But unfortunately, we were jogging along on the pavement and I was looking at the camera or the other guy that I was with, with the bad running shorts on. And when I jogged off the curb without seeing it and rolled Ooh. my, I really rolled my ankle and I heard my foot go, I made a horrible crunchy noise, a bit like when you snap celery. Oh, and yeah. I and I kind of went, oh, that that hurts, and and it wasn't so bad for the next couple of hours, but then it started to just swell wildly, mm, yeah. and I drove home, and I was in, was I in a manual? I think I drove home in a manual, and it was that that was wasn't great, and then I I just couldn't climb the stairs to get to bed, so I slept downstairs and um, with a beach <laughs> towel. And uh, oh my god! And then the next, miserable. yeah, I woke up and basically my foot was about seven sizes bigger and it was purple. Oh and uh, um, drove myself I've... to hospital in my automatic Jaguar. <laughs> and the doctor said, "How did you get to hospital?" I went, "I drove." She went, "You won't be driving home." I said, "Well, I haven't got any options. I've parked my Jag in the car park." So, uh, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, um, that's just reminded me of something. My, um, uh, when I worked at Pebble Mill. Um, we had for some reason we, we had a, a Vauxhall Omega press car in like a three litre one of the late ones like an MV6 oh, quite nice yeah and we <clears throat> a colleague and I were going to use it uh, to go we had to go up to the Toyota factory at Derbyshire because I think we wanted to film something there so we were going to go to a meeting to talk to them about it but for some reason the night before another guy in the office my mate Big John went I don't suppose I could borrow the Omega tonight because he needed a big car for something, something with a biggish boot. And I went, well, yeah, you can, but as long as you're back with it, good time in the morning because I've got to go, I've got to drive it to Derbyshire in it, and we were going to take that. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Got to work. There's no sign of him in the office, and I'm waiting. And we, of course, we're, there is. We're, we're due to go, and I was a bit like, oh, so I rang him. I was like, John, come on, mate, you promised. Where are you? And he went, oh, no, it's okay. I. <laughs> I, I was doing some DIY last night. That's why I needed the Omega. I wanted to go and... I think he went to buy some stuff, you know, bits from B&Q or something. I got home, I started, like, sawing stuff, and I, I've managed to saw through... I think he sawed through his thumb or something. What? <laughs> yeah, and he went, so I'm really sorry, but... I, so I had to drive myself to hospital, and I was like, oh, my fucking God, how much blood's in the Omega? He went, no, don't worry, I, I wrapped my hand in tea towels. It's OK. I checked. There's no blood in the interior. I went to hospital, and they, they strapped my hand up... Um, and, and and I think they, they said he shouldn't drive. He said, "No, I've got to drive because I've got to drop the car back at the office." And in his his wounded state, he drove the Omega back to the office and <laughs> dropped it off that night and left the keys in the oh, office for my... me. I was like, again, oh. I seem to spend this whole podcast describing times when I felt like a bit of a shit. But yeah, because I rang him up in a terse mood, going, "Where's this car, you bastard?" And he went, oh, "I've sawed through I've, my own. I've thumb. lost my thumb." Yeah, but despite <laughs> losing like five pints of blood, I still took the Omega back. To oh, the that's just, <laughs> just quite sweet. Those those um, Corolla T sets that you were talking <laughs> about. That one of them turned up at the Evo office once, and and it was Toyota. They just dropped it off, and they went, "Oh, you can have it as a long term test car." And everyone from Evo took it in turns to drive it around for a bit. And then we had to ring Toyota and go, "We don't want it." What? Everyone hated it. Yeah, we hated it so much. What? Because it, it didn't like, have anything about it. Yeah, it's just dismal. It was a really sort of it's a good sort of flabby car actually, that, with a really zingy engine. So yeah, it does fit crap car good. I've thought though, of a the great engine car that nobody cares about, Mazda MX three. 
Oh, one point eight V six. Yes, it's it's an engine I just want to buy, and and just put to one side for for something, for a project for something. Yeah, just for shiz. Because it's a lovely, giggles. lovely, lovely, sweet, beautiful, wonderful, lovely little engine, and you just don't sweet, get small sweet engine. You just don't sweet. get small, big cylinder mm. amounted mm. amounts of engine. Mm. Uh, another engine which is not actually a car. It's a motorcycle. Is the Honda Goldwing engine? Oh yeah. A few years ago, when I was at the Tokyo Motor Show, I was transfixed. Yeah, I was transfixed by this. There was a cutaway of it it, uh, rotating in a glass case next to the bike. I looked at the bike and went, "Well, it just looks a bit cack to me." You know, it's Mm. it's a bit jingle jangle. But the, the the engine is absolutely gorgeous and really compact. And the whole the whole time for the rest of the Japanese show and that night in the hotel i was thinking about what i would do if i bought one of those engines what i would put it in and i've decided i would put it in an an old volkswagen beach buggy because i think it'd possibly be the best engine transplant out there i've not done it yet and someone's listening to this and might go well you should do that you've got a mazda briefcase car to build now haven't you i'm building don't tell me you haven't thought about a replica hang on a minute i know you why don't i use the mx3 1.8 v6 (laughs) Can you imagine a V6 suitcase? Bloody hell. What a widow maker. You can turn up at the green Jesus hell in it Christ. and people will be like, oh, I've got my GT2. You can, you can, I'd, I'd take your GT2 and I'll raise you. I've got a cycling helmet on and a very large Samsonite that's a V6. <laughs> a child cycling helmet. Now, look, listen, look. Um, we Thank you for your questions and your things on Twitter. I'm sorry we haven't really covered that many of them, but, you know, um, we are... Um, useless uh but we do need to talk to people before we before we finish we've got to tell people about the thing that we're doing this coming week which is uh we are presenting some bits and pieces from goodwood speed week oh yeah which starts on friday friday the 16th of october um and goes on all weekend so friday saturday and sunday this week uh there's live car racing and all sorts going on exhibition stuff yeah it's like exhibition stuff it's it's like a goodwood main motoring event but without spectators so instead you just have presenters like us describing and pointing at things if you liked our video where we walked around that field of rusty things and pointed at them and talked about them which is by far the most popular video on the smith and sniff youtube channel um if you liked that um then it's we're sort of going to be doing a bit of that but the car's going to be much much nicer and we probably won't be as rude about them but um uh yeah we're doing a bit of that and we're doing a bit of i don't know what else chatting about things and intermittently popping up throughout the day so the whole thing is being live streamed on the goodwood website and then highlights of it which will probably not be our bits because we'll get cut out for being crap but um (laughs) but there are highlights going to be shown on itv4 across the weekend i don't know the times because i asked someone to tell me and they didn't so you're going to be your guess is as good as mine who knows but we are doing a few bits and pieces and um and we're doing a thing to celebrate 50 years of the range rover uh, so yeah there's going to be some good cars there too oh it's great I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to that i'm hopefully driving down in a lotus oh are you yeah if i can ah, yeah. yeah nice well um that's it for this episode but thank you ever so much for listening as always subscribe and like or the other way around we don't really mind just do it uh <laughs> three three 
other <laughs> things to tell you. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It is called The Late Break Show, and it's full of many excellent treats. Um, electric Land Rover Defenders, uh, your Honda S... 600, 600, yeah. 600. I started watching that video today and then I got rudely interrupted, which was annoying because I was enjoying it. Well, actually, um, next, but the, the week that this podcast comes out, there'll be something quite special that's electric and off roady, but it isn't a Defender, it's, it's uh, brand new. Okay. It should be oh. quite fun. And right On now, trigger. there's a there's a there's a faux Ferrari 250 GTO resto model. That's the new one, that, yes. That, that's I've just come that. out. I've seen that yet. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I have to tell you is that I still have a book out. It's called The Medium-Sized Book of Boring Car Trivia by Sniff Petrol. It's available exclusively on Amazon, and uh, Volume 2 will be with us quite soon, I hope. And the third thing I have to tell you is that The Rock's middle name is Douglas. Is that true? Yes, he's called The Douglas Rock. Dwayne Douglas... Oh, yeah, that's it. Dwayne Douglas Johnson, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. It's not massively yeah. glamorous, is it? No. That's where I'm going wrong. I'd leave my name normal and I, I should maybe vamp it up a bit. Well, just call yourself the, well, the rock's taken, I don't know, the stone, the pebble, the oh, gravel. What, oh, what, the, the gravel? The gravel. Johnny the Gravel Smith. <laughs> Stop it, it just sounds pathetic. Johnny the Gravel. <laughs> if I was like a, if I was a rally stage absolute king guru then yeah johnny the gravel will be like oh right it's going to be loose surface the gravel's going to smash this but i'm not you're not no um oh well anyway maybe (laughs) something to aim for i don't know (laughs) all right well my um, mazda suitcase car you just your v6 powered suitcase (laughs) on gravel (laughs) jesus christ the nickname is because the gravel rash that is all over your face and body i'm gonna do pikes i'm gonna do pikes peak in a suitcase next year peak on a suitcase (laughs) (laughs) the sequel to across america on a suitcase with johnny smith um, who needs Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor on motorbikes when you can have a suitcase dead. car? They're not trying hard enough, are they? All right, well, that's that's that for this then. Thank you again for listening. And uh, we will hopefully have your uh, eyeballs upon us uh, later this week at Goodwood Speed Week, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We'll be popping up intermittently. And don't worry, there's some actual other presenters doing the heavy lifting, but we'll be there at some point. Um, and we'll see you again same time next week Monday and thank you for listening again keep saying that I don't know why bye goodbye would you like to shake my hand imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.